following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Let me hear you say, oh! All right, can anybody tell the difference? Is that Travis Kelsey or Master P? Given his voice crack, that would be Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Travion, do you remember that song? Yes. By Master P? Paul comes in, like it's like ten minutes before the show starts, and he's like, If you don't lead off with this, you're 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 off the air for a month. I'm like, okay, what I mean, I plan on playing the audio. I mean, that was a pretty big deal earlier today. The Chiefs uh parade of champions, I think is what they called it, is you know, of course, uh the Chiefs winning Super Bowl fifty four. Or fifty seven. Well, they won fifty seven. Mitch Holtis made that also. Else had that slip. He about said fifty four, and now I did. And no, Super Bowl fifty seven was the recent Super Bowl victory. That's what they were celebrating earlier today in downtown Kansas City. And the most anticipated speech was, of course, Travis Kelsey, and he's dropping some Master P. But later on in the show, we'll play who did it better, Travis Kelsey or Master P. And plus, we will replay his um, his speech. From earlier today, there at Union Station, and we'll decide was his speech this year better than 2020, or did it not quite live up to the hype as what we got in 2020? That was a great speech. And shout out to Kansas City. Three parades in what, seven or eight years celebrating championships, Royals in 15. Yeah, so eight years, yeah. Chiefs in 20, and then Chiefs today. Congratulations to everybody. Um, I would love to know if anybody went. Like, are you back now? Because. Yeah, right. I think the estimated number of people there was less than 2020. But I'd love to know. Like, how early did you have to get there? Because they're only shutting down just that one road, right? It was a nice, like one nice straight shot to Union Station. I'm not a parade guy, but if parades had more people in the parade shotgunning beers and high-fiving people and not throwing out candy but throwing out brewskis themselves, I'd probably be more into them. If people were, were throwing beers to a dude on a tractor and then he shotguns it, I'd be more interested in parades. But no, I've I've seen enough tractors go by at five miles per hour. The, the, I used to live in a town that had that every well, day. Well, yeah, the the flaw is is when the sheriff's mounted posse comes by, do not throw the beer. Just to point out, we're working on getting uh, Derek Young from Casey Online. He's uh, boy, he was in Lubbock, and then in Norman last night, Oof. and now coming back to town. It's not a short drive to Lubbock, guys. That's a long one out there. It's like over nine hours, and then to Norman. 
and watched a couple of uh, rough basketball games for the Cats. So we're working on getting Derek Young. As you know, it is Wednesday, and you know what that means. AEW Dynamite tonight. Uh, I'm not going to be watching tonight uh, because I'm getting ready to leave for K-State Baseball. This will be my last show for a while. We're going to be all me- – you You explained it yesterday. Yeah. It's going to be a messy schedule the next – really the next couple of weeks uh, because also we're getting close to Big 12 tournament, mm-hmm. NCAA tournament. And Coach Tang mentioned it after the game last night. He's like, I th- we need two more wins before we're even in the thing. I mean, if you lose out, you're probably in danger. Probably in danger. One win, you're like first four and 11 seed. Two wins, you're probably safely in. I think I do agree with Coach Tang. Two more wins, you're safely in. That would get you to 21 wins. You would uh, you would be at least 500 in conference play. But I will say it was Iowa State last year. I think I got into the tournament with a Big 12 record of 7-11. and 11, And they got into the NCAA tournament. Anything good on the phone right now? Oh, sorry. Reading through the Texas fans trying to uh, play up that they're so nice and innocent and in there leaving the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Innocent? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Riveting. Yeah. yeah. It's all you guys that did this. Okay. All right. We're into the midst of the... Of the uh, Pac-12 trying to salvage their media situation slash Texas trying to explain why they're leaving, how that's the fault of everybody else in the Big 12 conference, and, you know, just the usual battles online at this point. By the way, you're wearing um, the new lavender quarter zip, and I I brought it up to some people yesterday. I was like, you know what? Since those things Uh, came out and went on sale, and I mentioned this to you since you've been wearing it. They're not exactly winning games. Listen, I think it's time to take these things back to the store. This might be the issue. I actually had the thought, not so much the lavenders that we wear, but can we stop wearing the lavenders on the road for a moment? Can we just go back to the purples for a bit, at least break that string? Because we seem to have started to lose those games because. I've never been one to say that. The uniform is the reason why <laughs> teams lose games. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay, so K-State football is what? 0-4 when they wear some sort of alternate uniform. The all-whites or maybe a different decal on the helmet. Uh, I think that's just a coincidence. Just a coincidence. There's no curse. I'm, you're a baseball guy. You are born with oh, yeah. superstitions. But I also learned a long time ago. I put that. I, I should put that all aside, you know, because yes, you're right. There there are no lucky clothes. Travion, go ahead and send uh, Dy the invite again. He's he's not. He didn't get the email apparently. So that's the uh, the um, the mix up as we're waiting for uh, Derek Young to join us. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. You first brought up the fact that Jerome Tang was talking about the NCAA tournament. And that we effectively have not, uh, have not seen the team make make it, but yet that there's kind of this oh, belief that... Well, I was going to mention that um, I'm getting ready to go to the baseball trip. Yes. Stephen F. Austin for four games, and there's a Lamar game on Wednesday, a week from today. So I'll be calling five games, and I had the privilege, was it 
two years ago when they played in Corpus Christi, Christi where K-State was an <clears throat> inning away from a no-hitter. Ooh. And I've, I've never even close had that opportunity to call a no-hitter. K-State did lose it in the first at-bat of the ninth inning to Utah was the opponent. Okay. And actually, it was a walk-off for Utah in the bottom of the ninth inning. Yeah. But then I, it, it was all in a review. Like, did I say the wrong thing? Because I was really pushing. <laughs> I was like, guys, don't go anywhere. History could be made coming up next. Right. Without saying the words, no hitter. Right. No and hitter together. And then John put me under the microscope to see if I did actually say no hitter. I'm like, so what if I did? The whole announcer's jinx thing, the free throw thing, it's all dumb. Yeah. No, yeah, uh, yeah it. Uh, I will say, though, if I do say no hitter, I say perfect game, or, you know, while maybe there's a perfect game going on, if I were to say something and then like two innings later it's all ruined, I'd probably get shanked. It's entertaining in that even at this point, baseball announcers themselves still argue whether or not you're okay to say it or not say it. It's amazing that there's still that debate among the guys who ha- are established in broadcasting the games at the major league level. We're now doing, joined by Derek Young from K-State Online. Uh, D.Y., if I were to say no hitter or perfect game during a baseball broadcast, would you mean tweet me? Uh, no, I don't think so. I'm not really a mean tweeter, tweeter in general. I, I can, I guess, from time to time, not to be really triggered, but I don't think so. Well, I tell you what, mean tweets have been a uh, another topic of conversation around K-State men's basketball with fans and some relatives of some players and and coaches, some back and forth there. Everything around K-State hoops is just uh, kind of on a nosedive right now. Everybody's in panic mode as K-State has now lost four of their last five, including five straight in Big 12 play on the road. And last night, the uh, the word effort was brought up. And there just there wasn't enough effort. Jerome Tang said after the game, like there were two games this year that he thought the team just didn't bring the effort. Last night, and then the uh, the TCU game where they lost in Fort Worth. Cats lose to Oklahoma, seventy nine sixty five. Casey was outscored by eighteen points in the last twenty one and a half minutes of this game. So I'll ask you, Dy, like I. I didn't get to watch the game. I was calling Manhattan hoops, but I did watch some highlights. But I remember on Saturday, I was like, you know. I think effort was miss, was was something that may maybe was missing from that loss at Texas Tech. But is that the number one issue right now? A lack of effort. It's it, it varies from game to game. It was probably, especially in the second half, the number one factor in the loss against Oklahoma. I thought it was a problem in the second half against Texas. So probably the, the two second halves against Texas and Oklahoma, and then again. Like uh, Coach Tang said, uh, they, they lacked that an inspired play against TCU and Fort Worth as well. So I would say the the game at TCU and in, in the two second halves against, uh, you know, at home against Texas and then on the road at Oklahoma were the ones that it, that it struck me the most. I, I didn't think it, that it was an issue against Texas Tech. They didn't play well in Lubbock, not, not well enough to win and it was too sloppy. That was That was more turnovers rather than a lack of effort in my mind. Speaking with Derek Young from K-State Online, at Derek Young KSOs, where you can follow him on Twitter. Um, Okay, so effort's one thing, and maybe just kind of getting outplayed is another, potentially. Oklahoma hits 11 threes in the game. And, you know, 
Oklahoma has been a team lately in Big 12 play, really most of Big 12 play, where they're not hitting more than five in conference play. Could you argue K-State was maybe a victim of just a really hot night for a team that doesn't usually shoot that well? I mean, in a way, but we just talked about that lack of effort and it shows up the most on the defensive side of the floor, uh, that end of the floor. And when you don't have enough defensive intensity where you're closing out on shooters well enough, it doesn't matter if they're 10% three-point shooter, right? You give a 10% three-point shooter uh, that much daylight to get their shot off um, comfortably in rhythm um, on their spot that they like on the floor, they're going to make it more than that 10%. The reason why they're at 10% is because they're defended enough and they're not good enough. But when you don't apply enough effort, um, that shows up on the defensive end of the floor. So, I, I you know, Oklahoma shot much better from the three-point line than they typically do, but Kansas State played a part in that because they didn't have enough effort, and that shows up the most on the defensive end of the floor. Okay, talk me off a ledge here uh, because, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I'm listening to Wyatt and Stan call the last eight minutes or so, and what I, I mean, last when I checked in, it was like maybe a six-point game in the second half. I'm like, okay. You know, the Cats would certainly come back, but they never did. They never had quite that big run like they had after responding. They were down three or four scores early in the game to Oklahoma. Um, and then you have Coach Tang saying, like, you still need two wins to be in the NCAA tournament, and the Cats have lost five straight on the road. Tell me why I shouldn't hit the panic button at this time, because I'm just not seeing this team get better. As a matter of fact, it felt like they were playing worse against two teams that are at the bottom of the Big 12. Well, they're not getting better, at least not at this point. It doesn't mean they can't get better. There's still enough time there where you can perhaps feel good about yourself a little bit going into the tournament. There's still what? There's still five games left in the Big 12. Um, so there's time to feel a little bit better before you get into the tournaments in March. So yeah. panic, I don't know if that's the right word. Um, obviously they're seven and six. They were six and one. Um, but it's a, a pretty dramatic fall from grace. Uh, they have a lot, a lot of work left in front of them. Saturday to me, it's kind of like that fork in the road game. You lose at home to Iowa state. And then I I'm definitely hitting the panic button, right? Because it seems like you took the wrong, you, you have two paths here at this fork. There, there's the, the wrong one and the right one. And we'll find out which one. They choose to take when the final buzzer sounds and Bramlage calls see him probably around three o'clock on Saturday to one o'clock tip in Manhattan. So I think that game will dictate where this goes, probably, especially since Iowa State plays tonight. Um, I think they're going to win tonight. Mike Miles is not playing, so they get the Frogs without Mike Miles at home. Kansas State had that similar situation a week or two ago and won by 21. So Iowa State should come off a win. They are desperate for a win right now, too. They are not playing good basketball either, but they struggle more on the road. Kansas State is much better at home, even though the last half against Texas was was not something that they were proud of or the product that they uh, were, you know, typically producing in Bramlage Coliseum as well. So I'm not hitting the paint button yet, but, you know, ask me at 3 o'clock Saturday and uh, my, my, my mood, my tune could change at that point. It sounds like you're you're in need of maybe a glass half full kind of 
scenario. So I'll give you one, right? We just I just talked about Iowa State. Do you remember what they did last season? Yeah, they were um they just barely made it into the NCAA tournament. Correct. After starting 14 and 0. They were a 14 and 0 team. They were flying high. First year coach TJ Otzelberger, I think they were ranked in the top 10 at one point. Um they only won 7 Big 12 games during the season. They went 7 and 11. So uh, their fall from grace was even more dramatic than Kansas State's potentially. Kansas State, you know, you're still sitting there at 19 and six, already won seven Big 12 games, was also in the top 10. There's a lot of uh, similarities to what happened with Iowa State a season ago to what is happening with Kansas State now. Iowa State somehow, at some point, resurrected that a little bit and still got themselves into the Sweet 16. Not saying that's definitely going to happen for K State, but you know, teams that have been struggling this time of year in February, January, February, didn't have it together. I've still been able to turn around in March before. It's not impossible. Um, and we saw it just a season ago under a first-year head coach. So I'm just saying that it's not impossible. It, it doesn't have to be the skies falling. It doesn't have to be time to hit the panic button. But it does have to have a sense of urgency at this point if you're Kansas State. And you do have to start turning the corner um, pretty soon if that's going to happen. More with Derek Young when we come back, including what exactly would it take for K-State to be safely in the tournament at this point? Should a bench player now be starting for K-State? And talk a little K-State football after this timeout. Oh, rest in peace, actress... Raquel Welch, she was an actress, right? Also did a little modeling? Yes, actress. Bombshell. Yeah, of course, most famously known for her role in Shawshank Redemption <laughs> as the gal on the poster. <laughs> the, the From the movie 10,000 BC. Yeah. Yeah. Bombshell yeah. is correct. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Miss, uh, Miss Fuzzy Pants? Was the reference from the uh, jailer? Is what he called her on the poster? Something along those lines. I don't remember. Fuzzy Bridges or something uh, like that. Wasn't she in um, like some James Bond movies? No. No? No. Okay. Thought she may have been like one of the Bond girls or something. I don't know. I heard her referenced on that 90s show that just came out recently. Oh, my. Well, as I looked up her up on, uh, I just kind of clicked on what's trending and I clicked on her and apparently she was in an episode of Seinfeld. I need to go back and watch that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. We're back with Derek Young from K-State Online. Hey, D.Y., uh, you know, we were talking earlier about the Super Bowl uh, Chiefs celebration, the parade. Did you make any cash on the Super Bowl this year? I did. I had, because I had the Chiefs money line. Is that all you bet? Do you do the prop bets? I had a couple prop bets. They didn't really amount to anything. I was more heavier on the Chiefs winning, and, and they did, so I came out ahead. Did you get emotional during Chris Stapleton's national anthem? I did not. I didn't I either. Did, I did not follow Nick Sirianni's uh, footsteps in that. I'm sure it's not necessarily the way that he's saying and more about what that moment meant to Sirianni since he was about to coach in a Super Bowl. But no, emotions uh, were not running very high. Well, we continue to talk about uh, K-State basketball in its recent slide uh, in Big 12 play, losing four out of five, including five straight um, in Big 12 play. I do want to take away even, you know, I 
listening to Wyatt Stan, I was like, God, I can't imagine I would have any positives after that game. Well, I think really the last couple, have you been impressed by the way Naquan Tomlin has been playing lately? Yeah, and in his you know, inaugural season at Kansas State, it's probably going to continue to have its ups and its downs just because of how raw he is still learning the game. I always go back to a little bit of a metaphor. When it comes to the game of organized basketball, college basketball at this level, he's still kind of learning how to walk, so to speak, um, metaphorically. And because of that, sometimes he's going to stumble and fall, and sometimes he's going to – you know, run across the room and, and make a heck of a play, right? So I, I just think he's on an upswing and an uptick. And the Wildcats would certainly be wise to take advantage of that because he's there's probably some downs still to come. He's going to have an inconsistent year. We said that all along. But right now, he's certainly on an upward trajectory. This might be a, a difficult question to ask or, or answer because it's, you know, just it could be a game-by-game game thing, but um... – you know, another positive. I th- well, not maybe not so much a positive, you know, but I thought Keontae Johnson did a better job defensively against um, Texas Tech. It just be- also offensively against Oklahoma, he was better on the with the ball off the pass, moving around like not just staying stationary for five seconds and making a play. But I actually wanted to talk about the defense. Um, is K State's defense good? I'll just keep it simple. No, not right now. Uh, it's okay at home. It's pretty bad on the road, uh, quite frankly. Um, it, it was bad against Oklahoma on the road. It was bad against Texas on the road. It was bad against TCU on the road. Um, just I can, I can you know try to reflect. At home, it's typically good enough to win. Maybe not superior, but good enough to win. And they tend to slack a little bit on that end, effort-wise, especially when things aren't going well for them on the offensive end. They kind of let that carry over a little bit. Some of them don't. Some of them do. Um, I'm saying I'm a lot just because I'm I'm a little stumped just by kind of what we've seen lately, right? But in general, defensively speaking, this is a team that's not good on that end of the floor. Uh, Jerome Tang kind of said that. The two road wins that they do have within the Big 12 were against Texas and Baylor at the beginning of the season. And he mentioned after the Texas Tech game when asked about, you know, what's kind of flipped between, you know, winning those two games on the road and and losing the rest. He said, well, those two games was almost an anomaly of sorts for Kansas State because they shot the ball so well. They were clicking so well on the offensive end. They just outscored Texas and they just outscored Baylor both respectively in Austin and Waco, and they haven't been able to duplicate those offensive numbers in the rest of the road contest. And because of that, they don't, they're don't they losing because they don't have a great defense to hang their hat on right now. And when you play on the road, typically, now not always because we just spoke about the anomalies in Austin and Waco, but typically – you have to have your defense travel, and you have to have a defense to rely upon on the road to win. They do not have that right now, quite frankly. With Derek Young from Casey Online, I teased this before the break about, you know, maybe is this time for a bench player to get a chance in the starting lineup? That would be Desi Sills. And I mean, he didn't have the best line uh, against Oklahoma last night. He was one of five from the floor. He scored four points. He, he got a couple of free throws in there. But, you know, the reason I ask is because. Cam Carter the last couple of games, his stat lines have been very empty. He hasn't scored. He hasn't really done much. 
Would this be the yeah. time to maybe throw Desi Sills in the lineup and see what happens? I mean, I, I'm not opposed to something different just to try to switch up energy, momentum, pace, you know, make it a little uncomfortable for some. Realize that that starting position isn't promised. You got to go out there and earn it every night. It w- I wouldn't be opposed to something of that nature, but they're really lacking on the defensive end. And the interesting part of that, just that particular example that you noted, is as, as bad as Cam Carter has been on the offensive end, and, and right now he's not producing in that capacity. He's he's not perfect on the defensive end, but he's better than some of the others that, that, that are playing on out there as well. So you, you do tend, when you take Cam Carter off the floor, you do tend to become even worse defensively. And I'm not, not sure that's something that they can afford. But in general, I think you are right that just to, just for a little shakeup and, and kind of get those minds kind of working in a different way, I wouldn't be opposed to some sort of a lineup change. Now, going back to the um, you know NCAA tournament, heck, it was asked after the TCU win, like, or it was just brought up, right, that, hey, you're probably in a really good spot right now. You're probably into the NCAA tournament. Well, well, now you lost four of your last five, you know, things get a little bit scarier. Even though Joe Lenardi says, you know, cats right now are a four seed, things, you know, if they don't get better, it could get much, much worse uh, for their spot in the NCAA tournament. Did you agree with Coach Tang that two more wins and you're no doubt about it in, but right now, if you were to lose out, probably not? I mean, if they were to lose out, I almost think they they probably still slip in. Hmm. That's to some extent just because the Big 12 is that good. I mean, Iowa State, the Big 12 is better than it was last year, and Iowa State got in last year at 7 and 11. I realize they played a tougher non con schedule last year and had some really key wins, but I mean, it's it would just be really hard to leave a team that finishes in the top seven or top eight of the Big 12, which you they would with seven wins out of the out of the NCAA tournament. I'm not sure that that happened. Um, but you probably do put yourself on the bubble, so to speak, if you do lose out and do not win another game. I think you're definitely in. I mean, Kansas State's made it in worse years at a Big 12 and 8 and 10 in the league, so I definitely think an eighth conference win would be enough. I don't think that it necessarily has to be two. I think it needs to be two to feel good about yourself going into it, though. Uh, I Get in with losing out. That That'd be tough. Like, I'm thinking – Man, we're probably thinking on Selection Sunday, bubble team, you're probably trying to sneak to get in, first four type of thing. Like I'm thinking one or two wins. You're you know, you're thinking 9, 10, 11 seed maybe, you know? I think if you, if you I think if you get one more win, you're probably safely. 10 seed. Yeah, yeah, you're probably at, at worst it probably a 10. I mean, heck, K-State They've lost four of the last five. They have six losses now in, in in Big Twelve play, and they're still just two games out of the conference. That's right. how competitive yeah. it is. Yeah, right. And I'm not saying they're going to win out, but I mean they play three home games against Baylor, Oklahoma. Oklahoma's winnable. You beat Baylor on the road, and you're besides one half against Texas. You've been pretty good at home. So let's say let's say you'll clean up at home and you beat Baylor, you beat Oklahoma. Who's the other home game left with? Um, Baylor, Oklahoma, here? and Iowa State. 
Yeah. So, yeah, Iowa State this Saturday. Let's say you just take care of business at home. I'm not saying it will. Um, they have to go out and earn that. And right now, wins are hard to come by. I get that. But they've only lost one game at home this year, and that was because of a poor second half against Texas. They were whooping Texas, quite frankly, at halftime of that game. And Texas is first place in the Big 12. So that wasn't that long ago. This team is still capable of good things. People have to remember that, even if right now they're kind of down in the dumps. Understandable. Um, but to, let's say you you do what you kind of done for all year except for one second half, then you you are at 10 Big 12 wins. Can you steal one or two on the road against Oklahoma State and West Virginia? I don't know. Um, that'll be interesting. Oklahoma State's playing really, really well. They just finally did lose a game. They lost to Kansas. West Virginia's playing really good at home. <laughs> Look, it's tough to win on the road. I'm Nothing would surprise me um, at this point for the remainder of Kansas State's schedule. The the only things that would definitely surprise me to an extent would be if they go 0-5 or 5-0. But I would not be shocked anywhere from a 1-4 to a 4-1 finish. All right, D.L.I., let's wrap up with a question about K-State football. Still looking to fill the spot at wide receiver coach Thad Ward. Leaves after one year and a very productive year, of course. He goes back home to coach at Illinois. Are we getting close, do you think, to hearing a new name to be that next coach for the wide receivers? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I will almost be a little stunned if we don't hear something this week. I think what we're waiting on is because I think the interview part of the process is complete, and I think at least two of those were conducted, and I think they were conducted with Joel Filani and Matthew Middleton. Um, there may have been one more snuck in, but those are the two that I'm definitely aware of at this point. I think they know who their guy is. I think they were leaning and trending towards hiring Middleton. Um, no official announcement from the school yet. I do wonder if the only thing we're really waiting on is like the final, you know, crossing of the T's, dotting of the I's, background checks being finished, those types of things, because I think it's going to be Middleton. All right, D.Y., as always, really appreciate your time. We'll be talking to you soon. Appreciate it. Of course. Derek Young, Case It Online. Talk a lot of case to hoops, and that conversation will continue after the break as we play back an abbreviated version of Coach Tang's press conference last night because I want to react to a couple of his answers next. Now a look at the weather. Right now it's 38 with an overcast with a winter storm warning taking place tonight. Tonight, snow. the snow will be heavy at times. Patchy blowing snow between 1 a.m. and 5 a.m. Low around 18 with wind gusts as high as 30 miles per hour. Thursday, a 50% chance of snow mainly before 11 a.m. with wind gusts as high as 30 miles per hour. Thursday night, mostly clear with the low around 12. Friday, sunny with the high near 43 with wind gusts as high as 20 miles per hour. Now back to the game here on News Radio KMAN. Troy, what time did you go to bed last night uh, during the game? How much uh, time was left? Yeah, no, I called it an early night. Before 8? Before tip-off. Wow. I. It doesn't matter how old I get. Unless I'm working like a graveyard shift, it's really hard for me to go to bed at an early time. What is like universally considered an early time? Sure. One factor you have to remember added into all of this I have a handy dandy little aid that I have to take when I go to bed at night so trying to wake up and come to work when I've only had say four hours of sleep gets a little interesting hmm. 
Okay. Yeah, I don't. I'm not on any medication or anything. So um, luckily, yeah, I haven't had any medical yeah. issues. You know, who knows what happens down the road? Those could certainly happen, but. Like I did the morning show for seven years, and the earliest I would go to bed was midnight. Can I did it? I did it to myself. I, I, I've told the story many times, and there's not really a story, I guess, but just my routine was I would take two long naps a day because I I had your break coming yes. in the morning, take a break for four or five hours, and then I come back in for the show. Uh, and I I got into that solid routine, but I was tired all the time, and now I'm like trying to catch up. And I've been off the morning show now for gosh, year and a half, and I'm still not quite there yet. Where I'm not getting, mm. uh, where I'm getting up, and I'm not tired. You know what I mean? Uh, boy, what a long day it was for Kansas City Chiefs fans earlier today with the parade of champions. Some people camping out overnight. I heard to make sure they had a third row spot. Uh, for the parade, like I said earlier, if there's more boozing mm-hmm. and more shotgunning for uh, for parades, I'd be more interested. I've never been though to a championship parade like that, though. No, just I, yeah, I haven't either. I don't think I'm missing a whole lot if I don't go, even though it's one of my favorite teams. Let's say it's K State. Like if it was K State Natty Parade, wherever it's at, oh, I'm there. There's no doubt about that. And we will play coming up at five ten. Who did it better, Travis Kelsey or rapper Master P? We'll tell you the reference coming up later on as well as we replay Travis Kelsey and his speech at the uh, at the rally earlier today there in downtown Kansas City. But right now I want to play an abbreviated version. This was Jerome Tang after last night's loss to the Oklahoma Sooners. Jerome, that's the longest we've seen you talk to your team after a loss. What did you want you guys to know? First, I told them that I might have overreacted after the last game, like the loss of Texas Tech. And but um, I feel like we uh, were satisfied and just kind of wanted to get their feel. Like it's the great thing about this wonderful game we play is that like it's not football. We don't have to wait seven days to play again. You know, it, we get to play the next game here pretty quick. And you can get rid of the bad feeling, but you've got to like, you got to let this thing sit in a little bit. So I actually just want them to sit in the locker room because normally I want to get out quick, but I actually just want them to sit in, in it for a little while and kind of feel what it's like, you know. And um, uh, like in this business, there's um, guys who do um, they do draft boards, right? And uh, they put kids' name on a draft board, and kids read that, and they think they're going to get drafted, right? What they don't understand is that none of the guys who do draft boards do drafting, right? And is, and so it's the same thing with like bracketology, right? Like there's these guys out there that say certain teams are in the NCAA tournament, but none of those guys pick the teams for the NCAA tournament. And so, I mean, we we got we have to win at least two more games to get to the NCAA tournament. And that's was my message to them that we got to figure this thing out because we got to win two more games to have a chance to play in the NCAA tournament. Was there an explanation for the defensive letdowns and not getting out on shooters? <laughs> um, no, I didn't ask for an explanation. That was pretty easy to figure out. We didn't play hard enough. Do you think it was the worst defensive game of the season so far? It is in TCU so far. Like like effort hadn't been an issue with our guys. Execution maybe you know stuff but effort hadn't been an issue but 
other than the TCU game in this game. And then David getting just two minutes, is, is he still working? He was sick. He was sick before the game, and uh, we weren't sure if he was going to get to start. And uh, he said he'd try to go, and he saw like he bobbled the first pass and then couldn't sprint back on defense. And so. Did you feel like you largely got the turnover issue, um, maybe not solved, but in hand? I think our guys um, understand that we have to do a better job of that, and they tried. Right, I don't. I don't. Fourteen turnovers is still too many. Yeah, that's. There was other glaring things that stood out today more than that. The fact that you didn't shoot it well from the perimeter did that allow them to, to maybe collapse more on that you think on Naquan and Bebe? No, we just didn't throw the ball to Naquan and Bebe enough in the second half. That's all. From a coaching perspective, how frustrating is it to have to maybe coach the idea of playing hard and effort at this point in the season? Yes, I mean, you never want to have to coach that, especially with a bunch of older guys. And so just got to, we're in a new group together and we're going to figure this thing out. You know, I mean, like I said, we don't have to wait seven days to play again. And um, they've been done a really good job all year long of bouncing back. And um, so, you know, I, this, this is like, um, it's disappointing, but it's it's not like disheartening, you know, like, we're gonna we're gonna figure this thing out because we have really good dudes in their locker room and they care. You know the care factor is high, and uh, everybody's going through different things at different times. Um, like you know, nobody cares that David was sick, and nobody cares that this person is dealing with that or the other. All the things that every team in the country is dealing with right now, and and so those are just things that you have to work through, and it's part of being in this the best league in America and and having a chance. I got to figure out why these clips keep, keep getting cut off that right at the end. I think it's software thing. Anyway, all right. So my reaction, I, I keep going back to the effort discussion. Not enough effort. And Coach Tang said after, like you just heard that, he thought the TCU game and then last night is where there was the most lack of effort. I also go back to the Texas Tech game on Saturday. I thought there was a huge lack of effort on the defensive side of play on not closing out on Texas Tech's best shooters. Too many dribble drives and getting around guys one-on-one. And, you know, there's no doubt, like, K-State wants to do a better job inside the arc, and they're going to try to do better with the help defense, and that will lead to more shooters open on the outside. The thing is, like, I'm not exactly against leaving some outside shooters open when you're playing at Texas Tech and in Oklahoma where – they're not exactly great three-point shooters. You'll let them make a couple. It's not the worst thing in the world. But I think the effort is allowing those opponents to make some easy plays inside or not knowing what to do when the ball is going in different directions, pass after pass, inside the arc, and things just kind of freeze. And then you lose your assignment mm-hmm. and your man-to-man, and you lose a guy on the baseline, and you just lose track of where you're at. Playing tired, mentally and physically, puts you in that spot where you begin to question or maybe miss things and make a mistake that earlier in the year, defensively, you were able to get corrected or to play the right spot and when you're in that situation 
again, this is why I, I talk about how tough it is when you reach this point of the year because you don't want to have them at practice very long because you recognize if you're a coach, you want to rest. You know that they need to get away from the court a bit and away from the video a bit because it does drain you and it does grind when you get to February. Think about how long these guys have been going. Late September, October. I mean, and it's everybody, and I yeah. know that. It's but well, here here's where I go with that, and I've always wondered this: like when a team that is not expected to go well all of a sudden is number five in the country. Yes, and then you start to lose a couple of games. Like you're at a point now where you're fifth in the country. There's no doubt about it. Your egos are maybe a oh, little yeah. bit inflated. You're feeling like major badasses. Oh yeah, like you're you're shutting up everybody that was thinking that you couldn't do it. And then you start losing. And it makes me wonder, like, and it's probably individually, but when a game's not going well, do you start to feel a little embarrassed that you're getting outplayed by a lesser mm, team? Yeah. Home or on the road? Are you starting to feel embarrassed? And does that then turn into either not playing as hard or playing oh, too hard overplay. and overplay it and start making some mistakes. No, that also makes perfect sense. You're you're absolutely right in that aspect. And that gets into the psychological point that I brought up the other day and that you're trying to help guys understand these various things, but you have to have a singular approach with each one because each guy is different. That that's where I, you know, when I think about coach Tang and like the effort thing, like that's got to be one of the hardest oh, things yeah. to try to coach and turn around. That's, oh, yeah. that's really tough. Iowa State tips off uh, with K-State at 1 o'clock on Saturday. Pre-game coverage starts at noon, and, of course, that has now been moved to ESPN. Uh, and I do believe that game is sold out. It was sold out weeks ago. Yes. Uh, all right, hour two of the game coming up next. We will lead off with who said it better, Travis Kelsey or rapper Master P after your local news. <laughs>